in case you haven't heard, Twitter is now a privately held company because Elon Musk bought it for $44 billion. If for some strange reason you're interested in NFTs but you're not on Twitter, I have to tell you, you are missing out on the greatest corporate reality show I've ever seen. It is unfolding one tweet at a time. So today we're going to discuss what this new Twitter means for us in Web3. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. So, Elon is officially the CEO or the chief tweet, but in my opinion, he is the chief meme officer. Because if you look on his page, even before he officially took over Twitter, I mean, he is the king of memes. As far as anything with pop culture, political references, especially in this Web3 NFT crypto space, he is on point with his memes. And how it started with him walking into Twitter headquarters with a literal sink in his hand, it said, let that sink in. That in itself was just a meme. And of course, that went viral. It just went all over the place and videos, commentary, all sorts of things. He literally walked into the building with a giant sink in his hand. But since changing his Twitter profile to say chief tweet, it now says Twitter complaint hotline operator, mainly because since taking over, there have been so many complaints, tweets blowing up. It is absolutely a circus. And he is fielding all of them and responding with them with memes. So it's kind of interesting how much time he's actually putting into Twitter already because he is the CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and multiple other companies such as The Boring Company and Neuralink. Just so many things are going on right now. He's probably the busiest man on the planet. Personally, I have no idea how he does all this stuff. I understand he has massive teams, massive companies. However, now that he took over Twitter, this. $44 billion purchase is for an unprofitable company. And it is plagued with multiple problems. Not only does it have 7,500 employees as far as revenue to employees, as far as tech companies, it is fairly low. So he has pledged to really clean that up, get this ship turned around and make this thing profitable. But even the infrastructure of Twitter itself, there's a lot of problems. Number one, as many people in this NFT space will know, it is overran by bots, scammers, and trolls. Well, as far as trolls go, there's probably nothing going to happen with the trolls because trolls are just a part of free speech. It doesn't happen to fall under any kind of a problem or public threat as far as being able to start arguments and say silly things and put up memes. And if you really look at it, Elon himself is sort of an internet troll. He's like the king of the trolls. So as far as that being cracked on, Alan, uh, that is not a problem. However, what really delayed this, at least According to Elon, personally, I think he was just stalling, trying to get out of it, especially since the stock market really took a tank since he made that initial offer. Twitter probably lost half of its value. However, because of the agreement, he ended up paying for it at the full price of the $44 billion, which he initially made that offer for. However, the argument that he was using to back out of that deal was that there's way more bots on the platform than Twitter advertised. However, he did waive his rights to any kind of inspection. So if you've ever purchased a house or you've been involved in a real estate transaction, usually the offer is contingent on inspection. So if an offer is made, well, then the inspector comes and says, yeah, the boiler has to go, the roof is gonna go in the next three months, and it is leaking water, there's a flood zone, and this thing's gonna go underwater within the next three months. Well, all of those different things will avoid the offer, and someone can back out of it and then say, you know what, this is not gonna happen, we're gonna go look for another house. But in the case of this, Elon waived his rights to any kind of inspections or anything. So 
essentially they were going to go to court, sue each other and argue this thing out. But he then backed down and backpedaled and said, you know what? Just going to purchase it. So $44 billion purchase. Here we go. And it's very interesting. It's just cool to be able to even do that. Say, hey, I'm just going to go buy a company for $44 billion. But as I said, all those bots, scammers, everything, it is a huge problem. So what they're going to do is try to tackle all this, clean it up, make it a much more user-friendly and enjoyable environment. And in order to do that, there's going to be a lot of things. They're going to have to overhaul the entire code because according to Elon, that there's a lot of wasted code. It is very sloppy. So they printed out everything according to the reports to have the employees sift through this because they're going to have to go down and clean it up and shrink down the amount of code that is actually on the platform. And then, of course, the employees, I said, there's 7,500, at least on paper, according to Wikipedia and various uh, sources, that there are that amount of employees with the company. And as far as the revenue that they're producing, all this stuff is public record because remember, it was a public company. And compared to other tech companies such as Facebook, Google, Amazon, and so forth, the numbers were just out of whack. There have been layoffs. He laid off the CEO, the CFO, and quite a few executives, and team members have been given deadlines and such projects that basically, if they don't meet them in order to turn around Twitter by a certain amount of time, well, guess what? They're going to be laid off. And in addition to that, now, a lot of the perks and all sorts of things, if you've ever watched any kind of video of anyone just touring through Twitter headquarters, it literally looks like a country club. Just Google Twitter headquarters videos, employees, or day in the life of a Twitter employee. They come in, there's like these little work pods, there's a coffee, all sorts of things. Just it's, it's really a lavish lifestyle. And that's very common in Silicon Valley, these tech companies. However, it is a point of concern when someone just paid $44 billion for an unprofitable company and sees it that there are multiple employees that are doing jobs that could be done by one person and all sorts of other things with all these perks and all these people laying around and a lot of people not even reporting to work because they're doing the quote unquote work from home. It's just a lot for him to tackle. Well, in order to make this thing profitable, the first thing that you'll probably notice if you look at your Twitter feed or if you've been following this story is that they're going to announce an increase in price for Twitter Blue. Twitter Blue is the service that allows you to test out the new features that are on Twitter and then also some upgraded features such as being able to edit tweets, being able to delay these tweets so that way, you know, there's like a 30 second delay before it actually goes out in case you catch a quick typo. But then also within 30 minutes, you can edit it and just change it all together. And of course, that history is going to be there on the platform for people to see that, yes, this is an edited tweet. But however, those features are all a part of the Twitter Blue service. And also, in addition to that, there's a couple things that people might not even notice. Well, they revamped the whole audio page. So now you have podcasts, you have recorded spaces and all sorts of things on this discovery page, which is just very interesting, very different than how it was before where you just search, see the live rooms. But that is a part of the Twitter Blue service. My personal favorite part of Twitter Blue happens to be the reader function because if you ever go to someone who has that long thread, well, just being able to look at that and read it as a blog post, that's pretty much the reason why I pay for it. I got on there when it was $2.99 and as far as what they said, even though they raised the price in June to $4.99 because I was there as the early birds, whatever, then that pricing would continue. Will that continue under Elon? Who knows? However, they're going up to $8. And this also includes the verified checkmark. Now, the verified checkmark is that blue checkmark. And this has been a huge problem in the whole NFT space because typically that is reserved for people who are of importance to the public. So politicians, celebrities, journalists for outlets and so forth. However, there's a lot of scamming as far as people hacking those and uh, getting over them, whether it is a phishing scam or just buying passwords or whatever. So you have a lot of fake 
NFT projects and crypto influencers that are having these verified accounts. However, they stole them from journalists and other people, and they just basically took over that and used that for their own private gain. Well, with this now being able to pay $8 per month to have that verified check mark, a lot of people are complaining and saying this is absolutely ridiculous. They're basically buying what should be something that is instilling trust into the public. Now, here's where that really falls off for me. As I said, there's countless scammers right now with verified accounts simply because they took over a previously verified account. But with this, there's also, in my opinion, the opportunity to have a less likely of a chance of one of those hacked accounts being indefinite. Because with this, most likely, they're going to have a KYC, some sort of verification where you're using your ID and then also your method of payment. So let's say one of these verified accounts does get hacked, a phishing scam ends up giving away the password or whatever it might be. While that scammer is not going to have that payment option, you know, with the person's name or whatever it is. So in theory, now in theory, I don't know exactly how all this is going to work out, but I'm speculating based on how I see KYC, know your customer and any kind of verification process for any of these exchanges or any of the platforms really where you have to submit your ID and so forth. These are the processes. So as far as being able to re-verify or having to make a payment every 30 days well if someone scams the account and ends up getting into that most likely they're not going to have that credit card therefore it really should be shut down within 30 days now Obviously, that is completely optional. There is going to be the free one, of course, because, you know, at the end of the day, you want as many people on the platform as possible. And in theory, it's going to be the ads that are going to pay for this. So with this, you're going to get all the perks that you had with Twitter Blue, but that's the most important one, that verified checkmark. And not to mention the whole NFT thing, which I kind of glossed over that because I just assume if you're listening to this, you're in Web3 and you can see those hexagon profile pictures verifying which NFT collection it is. But most importantly, I think this is just very important because, you know, a lot of people are complaining about this, this $8 fee and whatever it is. And well, here's the thing. Even Elon himself addressed this by saying people are happy to pay $8 for a cup of Starbucks, but then they're going to complain about this verified checkmark for $8 a month. Now, anyone that really benefits from having a verified checkmark, $8 a month is negligible. Most likely it is a business account or a business expense. And if their business really truly depends on that, what is $8? I mean, honestly. But it kind of reminds me of when the NFT profile picture first came out with $2.99, as I said, for the early birds. Well, they were complaining and saying, this is horrible. I can't believe Twitter's doing this. Why would they do that? The functionality should just be there. We're on the platform. Like all sorts of complaints. Now, mind you, these people are paying $100 for a gas fee on Ethereum, but yet to have a verified Ethereum NFT on Twitter, they were complaining about $2.99 a month. Blows my mind. But what makes this really interesting as far as Elon taking over this thing is because it's going to be, for the most part, an uncensored open platform. And when I say uncensored, of course, things like eliciting violence and uh, just breaking the law outright, those types of things, of course, are still going to be subject to the law and the jurisdiction of the area. However, what I mean is just because someone says a comment or does a meme about something that is not politically correct, they're not going to be banned from the platform anymore like they were doing before. Basically, Twitter was subjecting the public to their version of the truth. So it didn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. If you didn't agree with what Twitter's quote unquote independent board was going to say as far as, well, you know, that's not true. Well, you could be banned from the platform and you could be kicked off, suspended, whatever it might be. But 
in this case now, it's going to be a much more open platform. And the way Elon is planning to do this is by having a much more open system, it's going to take some decentralized properties from Web3. Now, how are they going to do this as far as distributing this stuff across some sort of network or whatever it might be? But basically, what their plan is, based on what I'm hearing and, and how they were speaking to various coders and such, is figuring out how to decentralize this thing and really have the power in the hands of the users and not necessarily in the platform. And of course, when it comes to these lawsuits and everything saying Twitter is facilitating this sort of hate speech or whatever it might be, you know, then in theory, they're not going to be responsible for as a company. So that's what they're really looking for. And when I say this, yes, there are some serious problems. Even since Elon took over this, people are really testing the limits as to what can they really say before they get banned. They're making fun of him. They're using racial slurs. And trust me, I mean, some of this stuff is absolutely grotesque, even racial slurs against people of my ethnicity. So I'm not condoning it. However, what I'm just simply saying is this is a much more open system than it was before and really resembles the spirit of Web3, whether you like it or not. But in addition to everything that's going on, all those things that I said, one thing that if you've noticed, if you are someone that happens to be following the Dogecoin, well, long story short, Elon is also nicknamed the Doge Father and quite a few other names because he's been a big fan of Doge for quite a while now. Even when he was on Saturday Night Live, he did a skit about it. And then as far as SpaceX, they're saying they want to fund a mission either to the moon or Mars paying for it in Dogecoin. Now, I can't remember which one it was, but either way, it's just a wild thing that he wants to do this with Doge. They're considering accepting that as payment for Teslas. And now, as far as on Twitter, I don't know if most people know this, but you can actually donate to creators. And right now it's in Bitcoin and ETH, but because of the transaction fees, it really isn't feasible to send someone a dollar in Bitcoin or a dollar in ETH and then pay that amount or more in a transaction fee. It makes much more sense to use something like Doge or whatever. But since he's such a big fan of Doge, I would not be surprised to see Doge integrated into Twitter in some way or form. And because of that, people are speculating and the price of Doge actually took off like a rocket. No pun intended with the connection of SpaceX, but that's basically what happened. And that is because the quote unquote Doge father is now in charge of Twitter. So they expect Doge to be integrated there in some way or another. So going forward, this is going to be a much more lean operation and it's going to be focused on the discussion that all these users are having rather than trying to shape the narrative that they think is societally right or politically correct or whatever it might be. And despite all the protests from some people saying that this is just corporate greed, they're laying off workers and they're going to allow racial slurs and all sorts of things on the platform. They're not censoring this and false information and so forth. Well, it really is in the spirit of Web3. So I find it very ironic that people want this open, decentralized network with all their crypto and their NFTs that can't be shut down or taken down by the man or anything. There's no central servers such as Amazon Web Services or Google and all this stuff. However, when it comes to their Twitter, they take it very personal and they think what's going on right now is moving in the wrong direction. So I don't know. Can you really have it that way? It's like kind of one your cake and eating it because those two values of having the old way of Twitter and Web3 are sort of incompatible. But going forward, all the changes and the things that they're going to implement, it's going to be less for Wall Street because remember, they're no longer a publicly traded company that has to meet these quarterly expectations and appease analysts and grease the palms of all these banks and so forth. Now their whole mission is to appease the users. If the users are happy, they keep coming on the platform, revenue goes up, expenses go down, profits increase. Well, Elon's going to be happy. He's going to get some ROI on this $44 billion, billion dollar purchase. So a lot of drastic changes have to happen. 
And I like in this too, when someone purchases one of these sports teams, let's say for the NFL, they purchase a team for $2 billion or whatever it might be. And immediately they fire the GM, they fire the coach and they want a new quarterback, all sorts of things is when somebody comes in, they spend that kind of money. They want to turn around the ship as quick as possible. They want to win. They want to win now. I don't care how much money Elon has or anyone. $44 billion is a lot of money. $44 billion is a lot of money for countries. So an individual regardless of how much his net worth is, investing that much into an unprofitable company is really mind-blowing to me. And he didn't get to where he was by just being reckless and operating without any kind of plan, as eccentric as he might seem, especially on social media. This is a smart guy, and he's going to figure out a way to do some things differently. And of course, not everyone's going to like it. But I'm sure they'll be in the headlines a lot, and we'll be following this and covering it. And if you haven't noticed, we released the Nifty Business Week, the newsletter. It is back on track. An issue came out today. And in that issue, if you read it today, you'll notice that I have a poll right now just trying to get a little information, some feedback from the consumers of the content, whether it is the newsletter or listeners of the podcast. And if you participate in that, you'll be entered in a drawing to win a Crypto Tech Woman NFT. Now, in order to be eligible for that, all you have to do is subscribe for the newsletter, which is at niftybusinessweek.com and complete the form, which will be in the show notes. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.